Yeah, so what he said. <laughs> December 20th, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 172, and Believing Anything, I'm Abel Kirby. And Suffering the Consequences of the Industrial Revolution, I'm Cold Acid. Those consequences never go away. They'll never You're, be the same. Oh, they'll never be the same? Your whole life. Yeah. Jeez. Man, I am so fried. I've had so many things going on this uh, past few weeks. Uh, I, I'm, I feel really bad we couldn't get that last episode out. I thought we, we had it, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't. <laughs> so. Yeah, unfortunately, shit was, uh, was fucked up. Yeah, but we're back, we're here, and I'm not murdered by a gold digger. Yay! <laughs> Did you see that story I sent you? No, I didn't, not yet. No, okay, so this guy, and I want to lead with this, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, this is according to The Guardian, this man was charged in four murders, okay? He's a serial killer. And the way that he was killing people is he was luring them into the forest with promises that he had buried gold and he needed help digging it up. And man, if I had fucking buried gold, I would not be asking anyone to, to help me dig it up. I mean, you should have realized, like... If somebody's asking you to help them dig up buried gold and they're not like some fucking archaeology professor, it's a scam. Yeah, it should have been more obvious. But when I read this the first time, I thought to myself, that could be me. I'm <laughs> looking at the picture and no, it couldn't be you. This guy definitely has definitely has those serial killer vibes going on. He's in got this the photo. he's got the Bezos big eye. <laughs> yeah. Big for big guy Jeff Bezos. Oh man. Yeah, he's so there's a lot of weird stuff in this story though. Okay, so Richard Bradley Jr., 40, who had been awaiting trial for murder charges in the death of 44 year old uh, Brandy Blake, since his arrest in 2021, has now been charged in the deaths of three more people. And goes on to say, according to authorities, all four were killed after they came into money and fell for Bradley's tale that he needed their help digging up buried gold. Okay, in a wooded area of his farm. If they had money, why are they falling for this? Like Because uh, because they want more money, because people are never are never satisfied with what they have these days, but, I think. But you haven't spent it yet. They had a bunch of money they didn't spend yet, and then they're going to, like, do a bunch of yeah, work and, to get more? You, th you think they're going to get richer by spending it? No, they're going to get richer by digging up some money that uh, is buried somewhere, or so they thought. The um, guy, Richard Bradley, the guy who's, uh, who's charged with these murders, also did some weird things, too. And in addition to just murdering them, he killed them, stole all their stuff. Okay, that's... I guess kind of normal for as far as serial killings go. But then he took their cars and then was driving them around town. That's yeah, a little that's unusual. A, that's a dumb move. Yeah. That is a dumb move. But why? I mean, maybe he wanted to get caught. It's like, that's what it is. So you've got someone who's dead and obviously there's people looking for him. You don't think someone's going to notice when their car is still driving around the town? Oh, well, why, why, why says serpent? That this is this is where Washington State. Maybe uh, that's why. Yeah, that's why. 
All right, and this Jeff Bezos-looking guy doesn't really compare to the real Jeff Bezos. I did listen to some um, some of old JB. He was on the my favorite podcast to, to rag on, the Lex Friedman Show. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's usually a great episode of the Lex Friedman Podcast if he just has a guest on and lets the guest talk the whole time. <laughs> it's a much better interview. And uh, the, Be- the Bezos one had some ups and downs, but I listened to that, I... And uh, I could never imagine myself, you know, prior to this, like, actually thinking I might like Jeff Bezos on certain situations, on certain topics. But uh, he came across as uh, well-informed on a couple things. But then, you know, it's also got the uh, some of the naivete, I guess. But I guess you can't do a lot of big things unless you're at least a little naive. I've heard someone say that before. You got to be a little naive. Otherwise, you just stay inside all day. Yeah, no, nobody found success by by listening to others. You know how they found success? By not realizing they couldn't have success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's how I wanted to start with a serial killer and, uh, and a podcast other than ours. But no, I, I enjoy the Lex Friedman show, and I, I actually recommend it if you're over the holiday uh, break. It's a Decent interview. No, I've never heard this guy before. His voice surprised me at what it sounded like. So, I'm going to probably be spending half of the break uh, trying to unfuck things with my media box because not only did we have those difficulties last week, but I've been having further problems with technology ever since. Mm. Like, I, I got hit by a curse or something. Like, I must have pissed off, like, some fucking voodoo techie or something <laughs> because like shit's just been so like just out there he's just cursed your transistors Ser- servo says i i must have offended the gremlin god yeah <laughs> i think you could have they could have cursed your transistors i like that one yeah <laughs> but yeah i i've got to get around to actually like you know switching it properly over to running arch instead of it being through wsl so I might get to I might get to that. Oh, uh, apparently Mercury is in retrograde. That could also explain the problems. Oh wow! Something's always got to be in retrograde, though, you know. Yeah. Well, and Mercury. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Mercury is the is the god of communications, right? Yeah. Mercury. So that that would explain things. I'd rather have Mercury in retrograde than Mercury in Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, Mercury and Gatorade's not good for you. <laughs> All right, we got Weirdo in the chat. I haven't seen Weirdo in our chat before. That's cool. Yeah. That's good to see you. So before before we get on to some of the really fun stuff, there's something I need to clear out that I wanted to talk about last week, but obviously couldn't. Oh, yeah, we got ketchup. All right, what do you got for yeah. your ketchup? Actually, I think I, no, I wanted to talk about it two weeks ago, and we didn't get to, right? Yeah. I mean, we've been... It's like, what, this is like our first episode this month or something? Yeah, it's been We've too been long. fucked up the last little while. Anyway, yeah, so uh, first weekend of December, as usual, uh, Toronto Pet Users Group puts on the World of Commodore show. And as usual, I went and attended. And this year, this year, they had one of the original Amiga guys there as guest of honor, uh, RJ Michael, Michael the, guy who, the guy who created the intuition user interface system on in the Amiga operating system. 
and uh, that was uh, pretty cool. He's a he's a pretty nice guy and fun. And so yeah, he did a he did a presentation. There's a number of presentations that have already been put on the uh, T Pug YouTube channel as well. But there is stuff like uh, there were some pre-recorded uh, science fiction stars who did, like some pre-recorded videos from science fiction stars. Like uh, well, there were just two of them. Are we gonna hear a clip? Because we're not hearing anything right now. And. and let me see. Will this play? Mm. If you shoot me those in the back channel, I can play them on my end. I can offer that. Okay. N yeah. For some reason, nothing except the microphone seems to be heading out to to you today. Mm. Um, yep. I'll uh, have to figure it out. I'll have to figure it out uh, later. Probably something that'll go away with the reboot. But anyway, yeah. Claudia Christian and Bruce Boxleitner, both from Babylon Five, were. Uh, did some pre-recorded uh, greetings for the show. Nope, no sound. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't playing. I wasn't playing it anymore. I was just talking. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I liked the. Um, I I wasn't familiar with the software um, showcase, but I liked uh, some of the pictures I saw from Amiga graphics um, demos. That I, I basically started searching for what some of these UI elements looked like because I wasn't familiar. Some of them looked pretty awesome, especially the um, I that program I'm, I'm spacing on what the name is uh but it had all the pre-made images inside it the all the art was in there and you could edit it hmm yeah i don't it, know which app uh, I, which application in particular talking about yeah it was but, one we talked to, you mentioned it like two weeks ago and then i went and looked it up and said oh shit that's cool and i can't i'm sorry i can't remember the name uh, of it well here, here's here's like how intuition worked it was pretty neat most applications, right, the the application itself is, like, control controls its user interface, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if the app is busy, the UI stops being responsive, you know, things like that. With Intuition, it was different. It used, it used the fact that Amiga OS is... Uh, well, it's a it's a microkernel based operating system, and everything's done with messages between different tasks. And so, Intuition ran its own UI task, and programs would simply tell Intuition, "Here's here's what to here's what to put here. Like, make make this make this gadget here. Put this image here, right?" And the and intuition itself would be getting the user input, like if somebody clicked on a button or something, and it would post a message back to the application to handle in its message pump, right? And so if your app crashed, well, you could end up with a window that's doing nothing now, right? Because the application connected to it's gone. But like it was it was this really neat sort of way of keeping things responsive. Uh, back in the days when you had less than a megabyte of uh, memory in the computer, right? Because intuition would be handling that if you weren't grabbing the messages from it, right? It would just keep queuing them up, right? So the program could be doing something really complicated and not stopping to check for messages. And then once it's done that, it goes through all the messages that intuition has sent it and does all these things that you've like pre-clicked and typed and it's just like bam done cool yeah 
Um, I found it. I found it pretty neat sort of way to do things. And yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. He he says he might come next year as well. Huh. Uh, I got into a little bit of uh, retro gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, game? Uh, we had well, Mark Christopher uh, brought a Atari twenty six hundred, I think, to and a CRT monitor to the uh, company Christmas party. Uh, we were hanging out cool. and. Uh, and uh we actually were playing that tank game i don't know what the name of it is like the two-player tank tank battle yeah tank and uh had a hell of a uh, lot of fun just (laughs) tooling around on that i'd never actually played that system before so you know you had the joystick and you shoot and we're curving bullets and um we played the uh the normal you know drive around and shoot the other guy mode and then the bouncy modes that was pretty cool and then there was a mode where you uh you're invisible and you only become visible when you shoot. Man, that was uh, that one's kind of wild too. Yeah, um, especially if you can there, hit someone blind. There's something right? like fucking. There's something like fucking sixty-four modes, I think. Ah, uh, there's a lot. We we only played a few of them. But... Essentially, essentially, there's like a flag for each different possible feature, right? And you, just hitting the mode switch, right? You go through all of those. Mm-hmm. Because I remember that. I remember Tank. Uh, I remember Pitfall. Oh, uh, used Pitfall, to have yeah. A, used to have a 2600 at the cottage. And I... uh, on a rainy day, my brother and I would be playing the games on it. Uh, <laughs> we had the, we had the, uh, the Jedi, uh, the Jedi training game where you use the paddle controllers to, to move a, move your lightsaber left and right. And you tap the button on it to to shoot a bolt of lightning at uh, at the other person, right? So there'd be this like, you know, you remember that training scene on the Millennium Falcon in the first Star Wars movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Luke's got the helmet on with the, and he's like okay. trying to use the lightsaber to block the zaps coming out of that floating ball with the blast it's shield down. I can't see anything. Yeah, Something it's essentially that. it's essentially that, but two player. Hmm. Do you have to wear and, a blindfold? And... No, no, you didn't wear a blindfold. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't much of a game, but it was enjoyable. I th- I felt. Hmm. Um, my favorite Star Wars, uh, game was actually that arcade game, the big, um, big cabinet where you sit down and there's a there's a joystick in the middle, and as you play through the different missions, there's uh, there's one you're flying around in space, and then there's some lightsaber battles where you have to move the joystick to the top left and then slash down to the bottom right, and it's a very cinematic kind of thing. You know, the the cabinet was just so big and had so much video and sound. It was, a, it was an experience. I remember they charged a lot for it at the local arcade. My brother and I would put a lot of money into it, and uh, one one point uh actually completed it a few times uh it just got good enough we could finish the whole game which is pretty awesome good times nice. good times at the arcade and uh we actually went to i should say the name of it, it was um fun world in nashua new hampshire we used to go to once in a while and uh get those tokens which i believe they're still there they're still around oh it's not tank it's combat oh combat yeah Yep. So that was my little retro uh, computing, I guess, retro gaming experience. Other than that, I've been keeping my dwarves in the fort. Uh, That's good. Trying to, I'm just trying to find something more challenging with that game. It's, uh, I feel like I've plateaued in it. 
I want more aggressive enemies showing up more often. You know, it, <laughs> and they they show up, you know, eventually. But it's I want to be able to start a uh, a fort and have people attacking me pretty fast because I I get a kick out of trying to see how fast I can set things up. I got a pretty good pretty good build these days, and uh, I think I could I think I could do pretty well in a situation like that. You know, fast reaction dwarving. <laughs> yeah. But oh well, we got a couple things to do. We've got um. Yeah. We got a game of the week, which I've been teasing for so long, and, you know, it's actually one of these things that, uh, it was funny back when I thought of it. Back at the time, yeah. Yeah. We gotta get it out of the Hold way. Hold on, we got, we got something else that I, that we gotta do. I gotta get this drink open, still. Oh, yeah, you wanna get your drink? Well, let's yeah, do so that. Let's, let's take care of that. Alright, so, this is Coca-Cola. Quebec maple. Okay, so Quebec. As, as I yeah, so as I figured it, it is it is like Mexican Coke in that it's made not not with high fructose corn syrup, but rather than using cane sugar like Mexican Coke, this Coca-Cola uses maple syrup from Quebec. So let's see how it tastes. Mm. Ah, yeah, you can definitely taste the maple. Okay. Does it taste anything it, like Coke? It tastes more like Pepsi. It, it's like, it's got that same sort of annoying sweetness. Oh, I see. But, but the, but yeah, the, the maple is definitely there. There's a mapley aftertaste. Okay. Now I see on the official Coca-Cola Canadian website, I see two Canadian flavors available. Yeah. And you what's have the other one? Quebec maple. And that's the one you have. So are, b before we move on, can we get a a rating for Quebec Maple? Uh, maybe how many stars would you give it? Uh, out of out of what? As many as you want. I'd say <clears throat> two and a half out of four. <laughs> two and a half out of four. Okay, that's not that great. Well, there's one more Canadian flavor. Maybe this one will do a little better. It is called British Columbia Raspberry. Huh. Is that a weird one? When soda that shops sound like a weird one. When soda shops began adding tasty local flavors to Dr. Pemberton's original Coca-Cola recipe, it opened up a world of possibilities. That I thought that was when he opened up a world of hurt on these people for changing the formula. That's what <laughs> <laughs> That's what inspired us to introduce the world to British Columbia's raspberries. Oh god, Coca-Cola's <laughs> I'll introduce you to my raspberries. Homegrown flavor has as unique as the terrain in which they're grown. Huh. I don't know what to say about that. Apparently, this has been out for like three years. I'm seeing, I just did a search for the, for the Quebec Maple Coke, and there are articles from like March 2020. It says in Ontario. How, was, how did I never see this before then? Well, in Ontario, it says no stock products found that means that you can't get it in ontario except that i did well i'm talking about the raspberry one oh according yeah. to coca-cola raspberry one yeah i'm trying to find any place you can't get it in quebec saskatchewan northwest territories <laughs> nunavut nope yukon nope okay no wonder no one knows what this thing is you can't even get british columbia raspberry in british columbia coke what the fuck 
Good work, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Good work. Absolutely terrible. Um, you can either buy one bottle or a pack of four. Thanks. Yeah, I ended up with the pack of four. Oh, you could buy it in British Columbia if you buy a pack of four. Okay, all right. No, I mean I, the Quebec maple I got in a pack of four. Yeah, um, looks like Metro uh, Fortinos. I don't know what that is. It's a it's a upscale grocer. And a real Canadian superstore has the cheapest price for seven dollars and twenty nine cents. Real yeah, Canadian not, superstore. It's not cheap. Uh, real Canadian superstore is just uh, is just an alternate branding for Loblaws. Loblaws, which is probably the overpriced supermarket of Canadians. Man, I think I've been to a Loblaws. I don't know. I have to. I, I get all those stores mixed up, but I can tell you, shopping for groceries in Canada, uh, don't envy you at all. The uh, it's yeah. it's a different experience and uh next time you're down here you should spend some time at a grocery store even the ones in ohio are better that's saying something <laughs> i'll say my favorite grocery store ever was actually the one i lived next to in colorado i used to walk there and it, they just had a good selection uh good prices good stuff on sale all the time i liked it but that's no more so they have a georgia peach coke as well whoa i didn't see that where'd you find yeah. that I saw it in this uh, in this article that I found from Merch about the Maple Coke. The Maple Coke. No, I see Coca-Cola, Coke Zero, Cherry Coke. Oh, Coca-Cola Local Tastes. Wow. We're talking about Coca-Cola. Oh, Georgia Peach. There it is. And California yeah. Raspberry. Oh, no. Cold Acid. You know what we have to do? What do we have to do? We have to compare California Raspberry uh, with the Canadian Raspberry. American versus Canadian raspberries right now. Actually, you know what we really need to do? What? We need to get, we need to get like, we need to get like three of each of these different uh, local flavors. Okay. And then have like, have like a special, have like uh, Chugs as a special guest. Chugs? Yes. Oh, and we all, we all drink the different flavors and rate them. Badlands, Chugs, on Rare Encounter, that would be a dream come true. That would be awesome. Oh, Badlands. Badlands has been doing some cool shit lately. He did a pizza. I think we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about the pizza last time. That was pretty awesome. He got recognized at uh, drive-thru. He was doing a Chug um, that was a fast food exclusive drink, and he got recognized. The guy at the drive-thru knew who he was, and nice. uh, he gave him a card. I guess he has these, or a, I don't know if it was a... He gave him something. He gave him some swag uh, from the channel, so that was fucking awesome. Oh, man. Badlands. Don't touch that mouse. That's what he always says. <laughs> if you've ever seen his video, he's, don't touch that mouse. Yeah. I'm not touching a Badlands. <laughs> All right, um... We got a game to play now. We got a game to play. Wow, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. I could pretend we already did it. All right. <laughs> game of the Week on Rare Encounter is back for today. And we're playing the Game of the Week that we were supposed to play um, over a month ago, I think, which is I Spy. All right, I Spy. Is the audience familiar with iSpy? I wonder if anyone here knows how to play iSpy. Anyone in the chat room know how to play iSpy? Just check in. Uh, Servo says, yes, I think, that's a, I think that's a clue. Maybe Servo can help with iSpy. All right, so 
Here are the rules for I Spy. Do, 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 do. In this game, Cold Acid is the master, okay? And Abel Kirby is the slave. This is how you play I Spy. I, I hope this is how everyone's everyone played I Spy when they were a kid. Uh, and what we're going to do is exchange a message. Uh, that's the objective. So Cold Acid being the master, you're kind of in charge. Everything's going to fall on you. You're going to succeed or fail. And I can't really help you. I'm just the slave, okay? And this is how we play I Spy. All right? So using the standard serial peripheral interface, that's SPI, Spy, uh, we're going to issue command. <laughs> He's going to issue commands, and uh, we're going to send a message, okay? Okay. And uh, you can issue commands. You have a couple commands you can issue, okay? You can issue the chip select command, and I'll respond to it, right? So I won't do anything unless you select my chip. And uh, you can be a clock edge command. And, uh, okay. and and then there'll be a serial, uh, uh, an update of my output bit. <laughs> this is so fucking <laughs> stupid. All right, all right. I spy. That's how we do it. Let's go. Let's go. Start the game. All right. I'm dropping CS. CS low. Okay. I don't, I don't do anything, but I acknowledge that it's low. I'm edging the clock. <laughs> edging the clock. Give me a clock edge. Uh. Zero. <laughs> I edged the clock again. One. <laughs> Give me some faster edges. Uh. One. Uh. Zero. Uh. One. Uh. Zero. Uh. Zero. Uh. Zero. Uh. Zero. Ah. Zero. Oh. One. Ah. One. Ah. Zero. Ooh. One. Yeah. Zero. Ooh. Zero. Ooh. One. And then I enter a high Z mode. I'm in, so I think I'm just going to turn my volume down to indicate that, <laughs> that I'm actually in a high impedance mode. Okay. There we go. I think we're done. Did we win I Spy? <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not sure because... Well, I clocked my message pretty well. I mean, you, I, I'm just the slave, so I just did what I was told. There might be, there might be something wrong with my, uh, uh, there might be something wrong with my, uh, uh, my fucking, fucking ACPI chip. Uh-oh, what happened? I have, I have here 17 bits. Oh, that's... Not right. Well, I hope I didn't give you 17 bits. Then that would have been a mistake. I should have only gave you 16 bits. Yeah. Do, can you decode? Can you decode the message? Well, the first 16 bits give me H4, lowercase h, uh, number four. Okay. Um, I did put a text to binary to uh, to ASCII converter uh, in there. Yes. Uh, if if that helps you. That's what I. That's what I use to convert. Aha. And, uh, Is that what you sent me? Well, I hope that's what I sent. Did you keep track? Uh, let's see what I got. I uh, you sent me zero one one zero one zero 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 one one zero one one zero one zero zero one. Second byte, you recorded an extra zero in the beginning. Oh, okay. So that would be why I got seventeen. Okay. Yes. Let's see. Hi. Hi. Yes. Hey. Yeah, we need. Next time, next time we need to remember to include some parody bits. 
Oh, there's no parody bits. It just goes, it's spy. There's no parody bit in our message. It's oh, just. Oh, well then there you go, Servo. There's no parody. We, we could do it. I guess we could have a parody bit, but this, yeah. this chip, spy, this boy right spy here. Spy is, spy is imparodied. This, this guy right here, this spy uh, slave, Abel Kirby, does not have a parody bit. Air horn, air horn, air horn. <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck out of here. This was a retarded gag. Long in the making. It was supposed to yes, be like retarded. a month ago. Was, We're going to play I Spy. Oh, but it's the different spy. Get it? <laughs> That's how it was supposed to be. I got it. So I was dumb. saying Burns. Yes. Okay. Well, you also saw my notes that I, the, the answers. Yeah, and yet I still, I still, I didn't <laughs> cheat by using them. No, I'll and give I you ended that. up, I ended up uh, edging more than you expected. <laughs> we we got so excited we edged too much on Rare Encounter. <laughs> do you ever do? Um, do you ever program FPGAs? One of those. Um, I think it's VHDL. I think the command is edge or at edge. Something like that. Hold on. Let me check because I was uh, uh, programmable logic on Wikibooks. Yeah. Cause you I was can... looking at that recently. I still had the tabs open. Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing anything about edging. Yeah. Maybe it's not VHDL. It's one of those. It's some, what, it could what be Verilog. Verilog. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Either way, either way, either way, we aren't uh, we aren't edging anymore. Yeah. Oh, I think it is Verilog at edge or something like that. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right, moving on. We gotta moving on. Okay. Uh, shall we go to the world of cetacean studies? Absolutely. Do you want to lead now, it? I saw you had something, <laughs> and when I saw that in your notes last week. I looked up something too. Okay. So do we want do we want to start do we want to start with uh, with uh, dolphin sensibility or do we want to start with uh, communicating? I'm gonna start uh, by saying ich bin ein Gunter Junge. Though my German's probably terrible. The scientists in Nuremberg, Germany, at the zoo have been studying dolphins. Who are good boys well, in German? I mean, yeah, I mean, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, okay, I can't do it. Scientists, <laughs> you just get it. I, I don't catch know. my breath. <laughs> God, you got me laughing so hard I was actually snorting. Jesus. <laughs> They've they've been studying dolphins, also known as good boys, and have discovered um, a sensitivity to electric fields, Ooh. DC electric fields even. And uh, I put the article in. You know what? I read this article so long ago. I can't remember how to summarize it. Uh, Electro reception. Electro reception is the name for this sensitivity and other. Other animals have it, and I guess there's some question of whether dolphins did. And maybe this is kind of like a, um, what do they call it, where you remember the world wrong? Um, uh, like the Bernstein bears. Yeah, Mandela effect. Both of those are terrible examples of that, in my opinion. But um, I thought that we already knew that dolphins were electrosensitive in some way. But I guess not? No, I, all, life, all life seems to be electrosensitive. 
but uh, but actually having like some sort of some sort of like train not trained might be the wrong word, but some some sort of like actual conscious ability to use that to pick up on things, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, to sense uh, using uh, that electrosensitivity. That's a, that's a bit of a different story. Yeah. I'm going to read the um, two bullet points I put in my, or the one bullet point um, remaining. Dolly and Donna, I guess they're good girls, demonstrated <laughs> an acute sensitivity to electric fields, detecting strengths as low as 5.5 and 2.4 microvolts per centimeter for DC fields. And there's more detail where they studied AC fields um, and the... It's sort of interesting, the jig they did to hold the dolphins, make sure the dolphin's head was always in the same space when they wanted to sense... Yeah, what about WC Fields? Carblanes asked. I don't know, Carblanes. What about WC Fields? They had this... They call it the jaw station, and they had trained these dolphins to uh, swim up to it and put their heads in the same place. And that's, you know, if, when you're doing something with electric fields, the field strength depends a lot on where you are. Um, so to, you know, say, Hey, I'm sensitive to a certain field strength. You have to have the dolphin in the same posture in the same location in the, in the pool every time. So yeah, makes they, sense. this little jig they, they put up, like it's made out of pipes. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And they have a blind so that they can't see the researcher or anything. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun experiment. Yeah, it, it looks like something that, uh, that I could build in an afternoon after, after making a shopping trip to, to Home Depot. Yeah, and then you could put your dolphin inside it. <laughs> yeah. Study it for a while. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think I've got some dolphin sound effects. I just want to play one for... These are all songs. <laughs> yeah, so what he said. <laughs> okay, that's that's all I really had. Um, I, I was most fascinated with the pictures, the diagrams of the... Uh, the fixture they have. Of so what was, what, what's your thing, uh, cold acid? So my thing, there are actually two different things. First of all, early this month, there was a breakthrough in understanding whale language. Okay. Yeah. Apparent, apparently thank, thanks to the use of artificial intelligence at, uh, at, uh, UC Berkeley researchers, were able to determine that when dolphins make clicking sounds, those are their vowels. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have to so, define okay. vowel in this case. Okay, so this is this is what the article I'm reading uh, has as its first paragraph and which is also its first sentence. And okay. note that note that they screwed up with UC Berkeley. They say US Berkeley researchers used artificial intelligence to determine that some of the clicks used by whales to communicate are on many levels analogous to human vowels and diphthongs. The sound of two vowels in a single syllable as in loud. So they got the name of the school wrong? They got the letter for the school wrong? Yeah. How do you, how do you know this whole paper is not bad? Like what if I mean, if that could be off by a letter, what if this is about whale songs with jowls? Uh, you know, I'm just saying, a mistake like that the, is pretty big. Because their source, because their source, I believe, has it right. Okay, okay. 
All right, fine. Do we have any whale songs that we can uh, listen to? Oh, no, no playback. No, but the, 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 important, the important thing is, the important thing is we're understanding more about how they communicate, which will help us when the probe shows up. When the probe shows up and we have to ask them if they're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then uh, We won't have to travel back in time and use colorful metaphors. Yes. To save the planet. Yes. Or we won't need a, we won't need Spock to ask. Yeah. Anyone can. We'll just click with our jowls. On the on the other hand, on the other hand, unfortunately, we won't be seeing uh, Spock uh, give the give the Vulcan nerve pinch to punks on the bus. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I've got some. What's billed Hold as? On. I've got. I've still got this other one. This other story, and it's also about communicating with whales okay but this time this time it's about it's about using whales as as practice conversation partners for when the aliens show up i've just got some whale clicks <laughs> i swear that's what it's supposed to be it's a hydrophone sure? okay it sounds like a hydrophone yeah, yeah. so anyway SETI, you you know about SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Yes. They've decided that since it's so damn difficult to find aliens to talk to, they're going to talk to whales instead in the meantime and hopefully use that to figure out how to better communicate with the aliens when they do finally show up. Hey, if I they bother to show up. I think we've all been there having to talk to a whale. Yeah. Unfortunate unfortunately for them, they haven't really they haven't really been able to say much. They they were they didn't experiment where they were where they broadcast uh, a bit of whale speak. Okay. And they did get the attention of a whale who came over and uh, and tried to communicate, but essentially essentially this boat of researchers was going was going like this to the whale. Hey. Hey. Hey, 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 and the whale's like, yeah, hi, uh, what's your name? My name's whatever. Uh, can you communicate properly? Hello? Hey. Are you retarded? <laughs> Fuck this, I'm out of here. <clears throat> and that was about, that was it. Over a course of 20 minutes, they pretty much acted like a, uh, they acted like the fucking fairy from Ocarina of Time. And the whale just like gave up and left because it wasn't getting anywhere in this conversation. Hey, listen, watch out! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Navi, Navi was the yeah, uh, the little fairy. Yes. Hey, so yeah, listen. There you, there you go. We can <laughs> we can communicate with the whales, but. We can't say much, and we sound like idiots doing so. Mm. But, I mean, what else is new? Yeah. Eventually, we're going to get so bored, we'll have to start talking to each other. Can you believe that? Oh, God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> <sighs> Let's see. Um, I've got some news from Ghana. I've been reading a lot of things about Ooh, Ghana lately. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go to Ghana. Let's go to Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're in ghana no i've been following a lot of random happenings in ghana i've been reading some ghana um 
local news and just it's been a muse of of late because and i think it started when i found out the imf was operating there they they had dispatched some large amount of uh of uh what are they called? Drawing rights or something? It's it's like a loan or something that you get from them. Anyway, uh, I was intrigued, though, by kind of the weird culture things that are going on. Um, special drawing rights. Wow, Serpent said SDRs. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you're pretty close. They had um, a few things going on. The one that I want to highlight is this lady, uh, Afusa Asatawa. Ano, Adunam, uh, who is? Uh, let me let me try. Oh, go ahead. Afua Asentewa Adunam, probably better than mine, uh, is going to break a Guinness wor- or attempt to break a Guinness World Record for the longest singing marathon. And it sounds like what she's going to do is just sing for one hundred and seventeen hours, starting Straight? on. I think I'm not clear on exactly what the rules are, but it's a singing marathon. She's going to start on December 24th and end on December 27th. Over 117 hours of singing, showcasing her incredible talent and determination. Okay. You got to have some determination to sing for 117 uh, hours. That's for sure. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And they have, I want to tune in. I'm going to get some clips of this. Um, for the New Year's show when we get back from the, the the breaks here. But the um, it just sounds odd. You know, it sounds like a, such a curiosity. Also, she's wearing a dress in the, the promotional photo, and the dress looks like it's made out of wrapping paper. <laughs> I don't know if it... If it I've, seen, I've seen clothes like that. Made out of wrapping paper? Uh, well... Well, maybe no, it's just not in made a out thumbnail. Of wrapping paper, but with that same sort of like bright, garish sort of look. It reminds me of a gift that I was given when I was like eight years old. Was wrapped in that pattern. It remind it reminds me of those uh, of those boutiques in uh, in like the shopping concourses under municipal facilities that you never see anybody in mm. other than the person who's working there oh you know what it kind of looks like it looks like the upholstery on subways and buses <laughs> you know where they put those weird patterns so you can't tell that someone threw up there yesterday yeah <laughs> oh well it it's uh it's it is flattering we're, we're dissing on this but it doesn't look bad for uh yeah, for her it, do- look. it doesn't look it doesn't look bad it, but i mean it's not something i would wear <laughs> it's not something i would wear either <laughs> um, fair enough anyway um i also had this guy i called him gigagana i didn't know what else to say this dude who and i sent you this video uh cold ass I, I haven't seen i haven't seen this video oh man I yeah just... this guy this guy looks this guy looks like the african giga chad i gotta <laughs> i gotta admit like just the Okay. Just like the look on his face and everything and how swole he is. You have to just open this video. It's very short. I think you uh you have to uh you just have to experience this. It made oh, my Oh, and he's day. doing like a techno viking style he, walk down the street with he, these uh people carrying bananas behind him. Yeah, yeah. I've got the sound playing on my side, so you can't hear it, but it's there. 
and he's just walking down the street. There's people walking around with a bunch of fruit on their uh, heads, as one does. Bananas. Bananas. Banana bowls. Banana bowls. And he's just... Ha- so he stops in the middle of the street and then just starts posing. And it's just fantastic because the entire town stops to watch him. And then they start clapping. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, I was he's laughing. Like, he's, a, he's like he's like a cross between Giga Chad and Techno Viking. He, he's a fucking and, clown, and it's awesome. He's just having fun. So anyway, we'll we'll stop that. Awesome. <laughs> but that that is actually pretty baller. I gotta admit, that's cool. This guy, he's just hanging out this in the market. He takes his, his with his shirt off. He's just walking around posing he looks like a bodybuilder if uh, if i wasn't clear yeah that. he does he um like specifically like an arnold schwarzenegger type you know uh competitive bodybuilder where you're like zero percent body fat ho- ho- hold on hold on uh net ned just asked in the chat isn't the african giga chad just seal i don't know i don't I think don't that's too if, young to if, be I, seal if you're, if you're kissed by a rose does that really make you a giga chad yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it's Seal. Unfortunately, <laughs> that would be kind of funny if he. But this guy's a lot younger, I think. Yeah, there's some guy from Ghana. Um, and that's I guess the continuing adventures of Ghana. <laughs> they've been in uh, they've been in my uh, I don't want to say newsfeed. That sounds so kitschy, but whatever my equivalent of that is, they've been in it for a while. Uh, I guess a podcast. All right, let's run down the podcast. All right, podcast this week. Uh, there's Hog Story with John and Carolyn. They had episode 382, Attacker Box. Well, I hope you ask her nicely first. Dude. Behind the Schemes with Vuberry and Lavoche had in ca- uh, episode 182, Your Girl Forgot to Ditch the Slipper. Okay. Um, okay. Grumpy Old Benz, that's with uh, Ben Rose and Darren O'Neill. <coughs> They had an episode today. Yeah. I did not. I've been. I missed it, too. I should say just two words together that'll explain all all of my problems. Hardware demo. Uh, the uh, episode they had, 241, was entitled Porn Credits. Oh, I, I've, I've had those before. <laughs> Porn. Uh, I, uh, let, put... me, let me tell you. Let me tell you about uh, about this little website called Fantia. Oh, okay. I thought you were yeah. going to say those are nickels. You called them nickels in your day. Porn credits. <laughs> no, they're 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 tokens that you have to you have to buy on on this one website to use on a totally different website because Japan wants to make it difficult for you to download their 2D pornography. Ah, uh, yes. What was the name of the the thing again? Fantia. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I was jumping through some hoops. Credit card wouldn't work. Uh, debit card with credit card option didn't work. Had to go to a total different site, Tokyo Otaku Mode or something, to buy these to buy these special digital coins that I could then load into Fantia to uh, not well, not really to pay for to pay for pornography, but rather you know it's because Fantia is kind of like a cross between pixiv and patreon right so you're 
you're doing like this monthly subscription thing to to you know give to artists you like hmm. interesting yeah but they make it they make it so stupidly difficult if you don't have like a japanese lawson's in your neighborhood oh yeah oh well can't yeah. do much about that um i think we should do some um a little bit of news about bitcoin or something maybe maybe not this time but next time it's no, just something yeah. on my mind i want to talk about some things yeah bitcoin so i got two related. i got two more things that i just want to i just want to well, one more thing that I really want to get off, and then the rest, I guess, can be pushed to later. But this month, we had another uh, 30th anniversary for video games. Okay. And which one's you know that? which game was released 30 years ago this <coughs> month? I don't know. Hey, we got a boostergram. But, no, I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to get the sound up. The original Doom. Uh, yeah. And that's a big uh, anniversary. Yeah. And uh, for the 30th anniversary, uh, this guy, David L. Craddock, uh, organized, I don't know if he actually organized it, but he emceed a stream with the Johns. What, John Carmack and John Romero? Romero. Yeah, the two nice. of them. Yeah, and I mean, if there if there was still if there was still any bad blood between them, I think I think it's uh, I think it's scabbed over and fallen off by now. Yeah, because they were they were quite happy. They're like, oh, we got got to come to the next QuakeCon. We <laughs> hang out, sort of thing, right? It's right. And yeah, they're like they even like you know, rather than rather than hate on like the things that uh, that back in the day pissed each other off right they're just like yeah well we we made some we made some little fucky wuckies back then <laughs> we, we still did good so yeah it, it was a pretty it was pretty awesome uh, about uh, about 80 minutes of uh of the two of them chatting with uh with this other dude essentially as a quiet moderator mm. yep so here's the, uh, I got a little bit of Doom soundtrack. I don't know, I was clicking around through some of these to see if there's anything. Do, 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 do. Play, yeah. play from the, uh, this yeah, is what the, you're talking the about, the intro? classic Bobby Prince music. I did like Bobby Prince. He also did Commander Keen music. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm glad I found that version. Every every other version I see on YouTube is like some kind of metal cover. Just want the yeah, original. there are a lot. There are a lot of metal covers of the original Doom music out there, where it's just like some some dude with his electric guitar in his garage, right? Yep. Although a lot of those are really good, but it, it's it's just not the same as hearing like those uh, midis on like a on like a Roland MT32. Yeah, I do. Um, I do thoroughly enjoy the music from Commander Keen. Pro I, I've never I know the, you know, the Doom song or whatever is the theme song. And I get it. It's it's a cool sound to come from your computer. But I've always liked the most um, like this crap from Commander Keen. Commander Keen 4. 
the You've yeah. Got to Eat Your Vegetables, which is the best song on the whole track. <laughs> which had lyrics, by the way. Um, he was... Bobby Prince actually went and... Um, uh, did a video some, I don't know, decades ago where he actually was describing what the uh, original intro for the game was. It was a conversation between uh, Commander Keen and his family and his, like his dad so you got to eat your vegetables. You know? You, and know, so, he, you know, he also did the uh, music for Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah, I think I... I never really played that. Now you want you want to know something really crazy? What? He he's a lawyer. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, passed the bar and everything. As as of sometime before recently. he got into doing video game music. Oh wow! Does he still do yeah. video game music? I don't think he did anything these days. Uh, Bobby. let's see. Uh. Last I see here on his Wikipedia page, a game called Rack in 2014. Rack a is a single-player, cel-shaded first-person shooter developed and published by Final Boss Entertainment for Microsoft Windows. The game was mostly inspired by games such as Doom and Mega Man. Those are kind of different I games. I, I, I don't know. If I hear cel-shaded first-person shooter. I don't think Doom or Mega Man, especially since Mega Man isn't a uh, first-person shooter to begin with. You know what I think of? I think of Borderlands. Yeah, how do you, where do you get Mega Man from? That's a good question. Well, they have a citation here. Rack's website. Rack's game information. Oh, Rack on Steam. You can buy it and find out. <clears throat> you could. Maybe I will. Well, not on Steam. I don't do Steam well, I mean, these days. The, the winter sale's coming up, right? So maybe you could get it for like 99 cents or something. No, I, I, I've been trying to avoid using Steam at all costs. I actually canceled my account, um, so I don't have one. It took a long time to get them to actually do that. They really get in your way. Uh, make sure you can't leave. But I did leave successfully, and I'm not going back. Um, I'm very just, happy with Steam, I have to admit. Plus, oh. I got my Steam Deck, right? Oh, yeah, you're locked in. Enjoy uh, enjoy when they turn off your uh, your games one day, for some reason that we haven't thought of yet. It's still a possibility. Uh, I, I, tr <clears throat> I trust Gabe when he says that if they shut things down, they're going to release their catalog at least for free. And the, rest of, and the rest of the games, well, I can always still five-finger them. Most, most of the stuff on Steam doesn't even really have any real DRM to speak about. The, the Steam DRM isn't really DRM at all. And, I mean, with a little bit of hex editing can, can take care of it or just replace, uh, replace a particular DLL with a dummy version of it. Mm. Uh, most, of, most of the DRM on games that you get through Steam, well, you're going to get that DRM in a lot of other places too because it's the actual publishers putting it in not uh not valve yeah that's that's true it's still a single point failure you know why do i want well, all get, of my activity better, going through one company as a as a for that because now like you know offline mode actually works because well you couldn't really have something like the steam deck if it didn't right no, okay, maybe they're getting better, but I, I still see it as a, you know, 
Gabe as long, Lu- as, Gabe long Lu- as yeah, as long as Gabe doesn't sell the company, I think I think we're okay. I don't think I don't think Gabe Newell needs to know what I'm playing or what I buy. I don't think he cares what. Yeah, uh, well, he doesn't care what I'm playing, and I'm playing all kinds of crazy shit. I thought you would know better than to make a bad argument like that. It's uh, you can't tell what he cares or he doesn't care about. Steam cares. Well, next, uh, next, Steam cares I what go, you play. They want to collect data on you. I mean, they all care. I mean, he doesn't personally care about you, maybe, but it doesn't mean they don't care about um, uh, sucking up your data. Well, I mean, it's not like lo- it's not like I'm hiding from the world that I'm playing a lot of games involving, you know, uh, two-dimensional teenage girls with tits bigger than their heads. Okay. Well, on that on that note, <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing to hide, and I have no shame. All right, is that the next game of the week? <laughs> Somehow, what? there's a game Having of the no week. no shame. No, the, the the girls with the big tits. Why don't we do that uh, as a game I, of the I week? I wish that, that I'd like that game. That'd be a better game hey, of the week hey. than this one, for God's sake. All right, uh, Encounter One Seventy Five is going to be a big encounter. Tell all your friends. It's going to be the biggest thing. Everything's going to change. It was going to be at the end of this month. Now it's the end of next. Yeah, I know. All those plans are rolling back, unfortunately. 175 is the big one, guys. You got to stay tuned. All right. Uh, We got a Boostagram. Let's close on the Boostagram. We did get a Boostagram, yeah. Who sent sent us the shinies today? 3,333 sats from NetNed. I like him. And NetNed says, Merry Potato Miss. Mary's potato miss, Net Ned. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end. And thanks, Net Ned, for boosting. We appreciate that. We'll make you the. Should we make him the executive producer for the show? I mean, it's not like we have anyone else to make. Yeah, it's been Slim Pickens, but we uh, we no, like Net Ned. Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens was a good actor. Uh, this has just been a this podcast. Is, this is just Net Ned. All right. Until next time. <laughs> I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Uh, stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman, but she laid down honey and died. Oh, I had a good woman, but she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?